Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to episode two of the podcast. This time George Collins enters the vibe chamber and he was incredibly supportive and enthusiastic to be a guest. So I'd like to say a major thank you and shout out to him. I'd also like to let you guys know that this is a video podcast as well and it's recorded and streamed live to YouTube right as it's happening. So if you'd like to see full archived episodes, clips from particular shows, or you'd like to see when I'm gonna be live next, you can check out the vibe chamber on youtube.com. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. Wow. George Collins, how's it going? I'm pretty good, thanks. How are you? Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm doing great, except for the fact that I just ran the intro prematurely and my camera wasn't running, so we have to just pretend that that didn't happen and delete it from the replay. Some gremlins in the system. It's, That's exactly it. Yeah. Except, the, unfortunately, the gremlins is just me not knowing how to run the software correctly. <laughs> how you been? Where are you, coming, where are you coming to us from right now? So I'm currently in Boston in a tiny little studio apartment. You know, this is where, I, this is where I'm set up now because I go to Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally from uh, the UK, but I managed to get across here like to do online classes. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm in America, but uh, I'm just cooped up in my little apartment. Are you totally online this year? Yeah, yeah, totally online. Damn, yeah, that's, that's what my school is. I'm at the new school in uh, the West Village, Greenwich Village, around there. Um, and they uh, <laughs> they were like late last, um, like late last semester, they, they put us online for, uh, yeah, maybe like the last month or two. And then they were kind of hinting that they were going to be like uh, somewhat in person over the summer. They kept saying that. They're like, oh, we don't know exactly what we're going to do yet. And then right before school started, they're like, everything is online. Dorms are for like a limited amount of people, basically just for the musicians at our school, since it's a, it's a multi, you know, the different studies there. Um, and they'll allow you to uh, go into the school. But besides that, everything else is online. Yeah, it's exactly the same for us. Like we got, I was in the dorms and we got kicked out just like told me I had to go home like in a week's time. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. nice. Okay. So then I went back home, but back here now, but that's good. It's all good. Awesome. That's good. Well, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate oh, it's my it. my pleasure. I'm getting texts that you need to be louder. So I'm working out some kinks right now, but I, that's not your fault. That's me. So I'm just making sure that everyone can hear you clearly. If everyone, uh, anyone in the chat, if uh, you can hear any issues with me or George stream, let me know. So I make sure that in the future it, uh, it, it's better. <laughs> um, so George, I want to ask what, what was it? Cause for me, I got into drumming pretty young and nowadays I focus mostly on this kind of stuff. Like I'm trying to get into the podcasting. What was it that got you into, into music? So that's a very interesting question because for the, uh, for most of my like childhood wasn't really interested in music at all. Like, uh, so I started, um, I, my first instrument was the piano accordion and then <laughs> I went on to alto sax and then later on to guitar but like I, I never really actively listened to music until mm-hmm. a, a, like a few years ago so I think mainly came from like my dad playing you know Nirvana like Guns N' Roses in the car but then that led to me like really disliking those bands <laughs> so I kind of had this weird like love-hate relationship where I was just like doing music lessons didn't really enjoy it yeah but then uh so i had it kind of came in two phases so when i started playing the guitar um and then i really started like taking off with that i started like finding my own music taste you know i found like 
Jimi Hendrix, Steve Ray Vaughan, like John Mayer. And that's then when I was like, oh, I actually do like music. Okay, like I can do this. So yeah. Is, I, is that when you got into playing guitar? Yeah, that, that was around like, so I started playing guitar when I was nine, but I only really started playing it like playing it, playing it when I was maybe like 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just because like, I never really, I never really enjoyed listening to music. I was just like, oh, I've just got to do music lessons, you know? So yeah. What was it that got you into the whole Instagram thing? Do you know what? Like, I think I started Instagram, I started posting regularly in like 2016, 2017. And it was mainly because I, I was, I was starting to play a lot more and I was like, I just need somewhere to like post stuff. And I thought maybe like in a few years time, I can look back and say, and see like how much I've improved or what's like changed in my playing. Mm-hmm. And then I just started posting like uh, John Mayer covers and that was pretty much it. But I only really played John Mayer covers. Um, <laughs> well, actually I, <laughs> I saw, I saw a YouTube video of yours where you're doing an Instagram Q and A and someone mentioned, uh, that they they kind of busted your chops for looking like John Mayer. Is that a conscious? You know, are you are you thinking like, man, this is my inspiration. I want to have his style. Is it, or is it just where does that come from of that that love for John Mayer? Okay, so it was. <laughs> so like for the longest time, I I just wanted to be John Mayer. I was like, okay, I'm only <laughs> gonna learn John Mayer songs. I'm gonna look like John Mayer. I'm gonna do all this stuff. But then it like came to like a point. I think it was uh, I I was I had like a epiphany one day you know i was sitting there i was like yeah there's only one john mayer isn't there mm-hmm. and I, i'm i'm not him so i was like i i think it's a natural thing that you need to kind of find your own way i mean of course he's like one of my biggest influences like in my playing but um it it was a conscious effort until like i wanted to like start you know doing my own music and so that's on my, on my instagram now i'm I'm mainly just posting my own stuff just because mm-hmm. i want to i want to break out of that john mayer mold although i'm so grateful for all the people that have found me through the john mayer covers it's i just want to be my own person now do you find that annoying that people no matter what will bust your chops about that kind of stuff like everyone has an inspiration and when people are inspired by somebody they tend to like have similar traits but that's the point of inspiration does it annoy you that people kind of pigeonhole you to that like oh the john mayer guy I feel like it's always going to be like that, like for anyone. Um, Cause I feel like John Mayer was always like, a, you know, clowned on for being like a Steve Ray Vaughan ripoff. And like, so I think, I think it, it's, it's just inherent that it's always going to happen when you have an influence, but um, it, it does annoy me sometimes if people take it too far, you know, if people start like DMing me, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we actually, we have a question about John Mayer from Mr. Orange Bananas in the live chat because he oh, no is way. also a massive, <laughs> massive John Mayer fan. He says, when did you find out that John Mayer is the love of your life? <laughs> I did when I was 14. Oh my lord! Well, you you kind of already went through that orange bananas. Keep up, man. Orange. <laughs> um, when did you know after making these Instagram videos? When did it feel like it was really starting to go somewhere? Was it like a singular video that you did that took off, or is it more of a slower pace? It was pretty slow until there was this one video I did. It was this. Of course, it was like a John Mayer cover. Um, I I was in this like uh, this orange T-shirt. I always wore it. And it was this like, like funky riff and it got like 5,000 views in like a day, which was like amazing for me at that point. I think I had like what, 300 followers. So that just Mm -hmm. like took off out of nowhere. And, um, I remember it got reposted on some like 
Fender guitar, like junkie page or whatever, like one of these feature pages. Yeah. And I was like, oh, whoa, like I'm getting like, I got like 20 followers off that post. Like, like what's going on? So then I was like, maybe I should start posting more, you know, like um, I got and every post from then just gained more and more traction. Of course, there were like some that don't do as well as others. But it was from then I was like, maybe I should like start posting regularly because I felt like I'd kind of hit some sort of, you know, groove with my posting. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of where it took off. And then um, I think it was the next year uh, I had like. 5,000 followers in the, in the November. I can't remember which one it was, but then like in January I had 13,000 and then it just wow. like grew like grew exponentially. Uh, so I think that was going into like 2019. So it was, that was kind of crazy. And then I went to the, the NAM show in, uh, in Anaheim, LA, uh, NAM 2019. And that was the first time it really hit me. Cause I, uh, you know, grew up in North Yorkshire in England, which is just middle of nowhere. Like, just cheap everywhere mm-hmm. and you know went to la and you know modest following of like you know thirteen thousand, like not much like in the grand scheme of things but i remember i had someone come up to me and be like oh i love like your instagram stuff and i was like no this is this is crazy like no that this shouldn't be happening <laughs> like no one recognizes me but that was kind of like the first thing that was like yeah i should like you know take this forward more did you see it going into it? I know you said you kind of wanted it to just so you could go look back and see your playing as time went. Did you see it as something where like, where, was it conscious that it could become, you know, your thing and become bigger than just looking back on what you were doing? Or is it more of a surprise? It was, it was quite a surprise. I'm not going to lie. I didn't really expect it to go very far because I know that like, I'm not an amazing guitar player. Like I see like, especially at Berkeley and you see on Instagram all day, it's, it's always like you see these guys that just can just uh, guys and girls as well like they can just rip over anything and i feel <laughs> so like self-conscious about everything like uh just to name a few there's like sophie giuliani amazing mm-hmm. guitarist from australia uh she she's awesome met her at nam as well and um oh God, i'm trying to think of what it was like who else am i thinking of you know my mind goes blank obviously no, I get um, you. My but, mind's going blank right now, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, but there's just millions of them, and I just feel so self-conscious about my playing. But I guess if I just put the blinkers on and just do, I'll do me, and then. What well, I, I found that there's kind of like, I'm hesitant to use the word toxic culture, but there is like when, especially with musicians in general, because I think musicians have some of the most annoying opinions, and that's coming from someone who's been playing music my entire life. That there is sort of this opinion that oh, you can't shed? What, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't just rip on this tune? What the hell are you doing? Like, we oh, should quit. You. And it's it's awful. And I don't know, like, I'm very fortunate that the the new school, in terms of the kind of, uh, the kind of attitude there is there, is that most people, especially the, the, the newer students, I noticed that within a year, like I came in in 2017, and the freshmen of the next year and the year after that were like so not that my year was not open-minded, but they were so much more open-minded in terms of not judging people for, you know, not being the best fusion rock or jazz musician imaginable. They were cool to people doing new things. What's the atmosphere at Berkeley? Like, do you find it to be kind of toxic or is it more relaxed? I mean, I guess it's just, it depends like who you hang around with. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's always going to be, um, I feel like at Berkeley, everyone kind of knows it for being like a jazz college. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not like a, a big jazz guy myself. I'm trying to get into it to like develop my playing, but you know, you're always going to have those like really hardcore jazzers that you just can't <laughs> keep up with. But I don't, I don't feel like, I feel like it has been, uh, you know, good for me because you, you hang around with the people that, you know, you're friends with, cause you just want to be mates with, mm-hmm. with like amazing musicians at the end of the day. And like, I was lucky enough to like find, you know, a really nice group of friends, you know, we, uh, we had a band, but obviously, obviously they're all in different countries now. So that's kind of sad, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, but yeah, I think, I think it's, it's just about picking, picking the people you hang around with. And that's, that's the main thing. Was that the band you're talking about? Is that the one you did the virtual Wolfpack video with? Yes, but we kind of had a few interchangeable people. So, uh, mm-hmm. the drummer, uh, we changed drummer a couple of times cause the original drummer, like, uh, Ollie Woods, like incredible, <laughs> incredible player, but he, he dropped out of Berkeley after the first semester. Doesn't it seem like that's that's always I always meet people and I'm like, man, these people are so great. And then the next semester it's like, oh no, they're on tour with, you know, Bruno Mars. (laughs) They're always they always drop right out. (laughs) It's exactly like that. Um but yeah, people just people just I feel like Berkeley, um, maybe with every music college, it is just that thing of like it's kind of just people just come and go. You just gotta like, you know, adapt to whatever situation comes your way. Yeah. So that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that there's, there are people around other colleges that, you know, if, I mean, of course there are, there's always going to be the good and the bad people. But I'm happy to hear that you've had a good experience because I talk if, especially with, with, uh, like, uh, Mr. Augie Bello, Mr. Orange Bananas and my roommate Valerio, we, uh, they've heard me rant about kind of the, the culture of musicians. Cause it's one of those things. It's like, I've known people in that's that kind of scene so long especially i've only been in new york for three years but i knew like the small town you know upstate new york type musician crowd and it's like it's amazing how just mean they can be yeah oh it's it's awful <laughs> it, it really is awful and then once you put the internet on that and because it's like it's like music it's like the internet is bad by itself then you add musicians to that and that's where it's like that whole kind of culture of of especially like people commenting on instagram on these musicians pages like oh this guy sucks he's not what are you talking about you should have played this chord over that it's like shut up you know mainly <laughs> it's those like harmful instagram comments you know i get my fair few which is like i think everyone does mm-hmm. uh, but it's like you get like overwhelmingly positive com- comments most of the time but then there'll be one negative comment and you just hone straight into that and you think oh everyone hates me damn <laughs> it's awful and i like I don't have experience as being a successful Instagrammer. I made some videos last summer. Uh, you know, it was more of like an kind of an exercise of could I do it? How much I could make a week, you know, in terms of how much I could put out. Um, and even then, with no views, there is always someone who says just one really just genuinely mean thing. And it's shocking because you're like, what? I this got you know, especially for me when I first started, it's like, this has 200 views. That's nothing. And yet someone found it and took the time to say, this is awful. Yeah. People have too much time on their hands. I think these days I did one, (laughs) I did this Instagram video where my parents, uh, they live upstate and they have donkeys. And if you know anything about donkeys is they are made. Like if they were a product that were manufactured, their purpose that you would purchase them with is to hold things they're just built perfect for that and so putting a lot of weight on a donkey does not harm it in any way okay i make a video where i remix the shrek theme and i put let's see do i have it this uh midi keyboard 
Oh, I just dropped something. This little tiny MIDI keyboard. It weighs nothing. I put it on his back and I like, you know, I play the drums on it. He doesn't even know it's there. He's not tied up. And he's just sitting there, totally innocent. Could have left if he wanted. Uh, it gets reposted. And like 10 comments. This is animal abuse. This is what it was. He's oh, hurting this goodness. animal. And I'm like, could you really? You look at this donkey. It's a freaking animal built to carry things. And yet you took the time to bash it and say that I'm an animal abuser. It's unbelievable. Oh, that's, that's unreal. That's I'm kind of funny in a way, though. <laughs> I do. I will say I kind of wish it got more views just so I could like have a little bit of a controversy. Because it would be ridiculous if people were saying, like, this guy's hurting animals. And I'm like, no, I feed this animal and pet it and take care of it. And I put a half a pound keyboard on its back for 10 seconds. That was, the, you know, my extent. Just so you can get cancelled in 10 years, you know? I, it, you know what? Yeah. Honestly, it's at that point where it's like, well, the only, here's the thing. The only people that I really could really cancel me for that type of thing would be PETA. And PETA is one of those companies where it's like, everyone kind of doesn't like them. You know, on both sides of the political spectrum, it seems like they tend to not get too much respect. So I think I think I'm safe in that You're regard. You're in the clear. You're in the clear. You're fine. I'm I'm in the clear. But it is true though. Like one comment can just destroy. You know, if 99% of the comments are fantastic and one comment is slightly mean, it can destroy you yeah. for you know a little while. Yeah, it's uh, it's really tough because you've got to try and just block it out because it can yeah. really like affect you mentally as well when you like spend so much time you know practicing and then making a video and you're trying to like make people happy and then you get these comments and you're like oh, okay gotta start from square one but <laughs> you know it's it's sort of just a life lesson because it's always going to be you know annoying people in the world so that's true did you were you always kind of like you said it's you know it's of course it's still hard to deal with that kind of thing but has it gotten better for you or you did you always have that kind of ability to just sort of put the blinders on and just kind of walk through it and, and ignore it a little bit? Yeah, I guess in, in to, to some extent it did get to me because that was that was kind of one of the reasons why I kind of went away from the John Mayer thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, it, you know, but sometimes it, it's just the way forward is you got to You got to listen to your haters sometimes because they're hating yeah. for a reason. But you know, to an extent, you gotta like. If people are too mean, then nah. But um... yeah, one of some. I got great advice from one of my teachers. His name's Hank Shockley. He's, he's he produced um the group Public Enemy. Um, he was part of him and his brother part of a group called the Bomb Squad, which is our production uh, production like group that produced Public Enemy. And I was, I think I was actually telling him about people making fun of me for or being mad at me for the donkey video, and he was like, he said something really funny. He goes. He says, you know, you always make something thinking you're going to make it for the people who like it. He's like, but you got to make something. There's always going to be someone who hates it. So you got to make something for them, too. So they have something to do because the people so who true. are mean, the people so who are mean are going to be mean. So you got to give them something to be entertained by, you know? Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> OK, I'm going to hit the comments real quick because we do. We have a couple. Uh, Mr. Carl Taylor, who has been incredibly supportive of these live streams. So. Shout out, Carl. Mad respect to you. He asks, if you could bring five of your heroes to a space for a year, who would it be and why? Oh, five. Okay. To space or a space? And I, I said, <laughs> wait, let me see. Let me see. Oh, is it? 
Oh, it's to, oh, it is to space. I to thought it was to a space. I think I just kind of filled that in my head. It's to space. So I guess maybe like a space station type situation, maybe. Oh, well, you're going to be caped up with them for a while. So you've got a, that's a, that's really interesting. It can't be anyone too annoying. Um, that's one thing. Would you, would I want all guitarists as well? Because then <laughs> I would just, you know, there's no one to play with. Or they I'll tell you, I'll tell space. you for sure. I would not want all drummers and I'm a drummer. <laughs> true it's very true uh well in answer to the question <laughs> it would probably have to go with just the people that like i'm listening to at the moment like because they're, they're the ones i really um who i'm really like digging at the moment music wise so that's probably like tom mesh just because mm -hmm. i'd love to learn the way he makes beats because wow <laughs> um and actually in fact maybe like one of his inspirations like jay diller that would be cool mm. i mean did it say alive or dead I don't know. We'll uh, I don't think it. I don't think it clarified. So, just go, go with for, it. Be anything. We can go for dead people as well. Okay. Okay, let's do um, it. And then probably so I got Tomish, Jay Dilla, maybe Stevie Ray Vaughan because he was like one of my biggest influences growing up. Mm -hmm. um, Mark Knopfler as well. I was really into Mark Knopfler, like Dire Straits. Okay. When I was you know playing guitar, so like that'd be awesome. And then one more. Uh, let's go, John Mayer. Let's humor, let's humor my audience. <laughs> that's a see that that's a great answer. I know this question isn't technically for me, but I I want to answer it anyway. Go um, for it. I say, for me, it would be Steve Gadd because I think he's one of the most incredible drummers ever. He might be the most incredible drummer ever. Um, this is controversial, uh, but Michael Jackson because I'm if purely on music, just on the music front. Michael Jackson, <laughs> you can see it. They, they can't. You can see it through this other camera. I have a six foot tall Michael Jackson poster in my room. It's it's well, it's a six foot tall picture of a Michael Jackson album. That's what I'll say. But him, uh, I'd probably put David Blaine. You know the magician David oh, yeah, Blaine. Yeah. I'd put David Blaine on there. Probably someone really smart. Um, I really like Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'd put Neil deGrasse Tyson on there to just teach me random things. See, your answers are so much more interesting than mine. Come on. <laughs> no, I don't. No, 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 no. I don't think that it's, they're more interesting. I think it's that they're less focused. They're just totally random. I'm not, you know. True. There's, I don't think, there's no coherency with what I'm saying. It's just <laughs> the people that I feel like would like balance each other out maybe. And then, yeah, mine would be very intense. Yeah, the fifth, I don't, I can't really think of five. I'll just say... Let's just say one of them died, but I don't know what, like, there's like a fifth person that died and couldn't come along. Oh my lord, this car going... Wow. That is four <laughs> stories down outside, and that's like ear-blastingly loud. Oh my lord, let me see if we have any more questions in this chat. If anyone has anything, please comment any questions. Augie Bello has something to say. He says, hi, George. I am a big fan. Big fan, okay? A huge fan. He says, I hope one day for you to recognize my musics, please make collaborations on me. What an, well, elegant, what an elegant man Augie Bello is. I don't know who this Augie Bello is that you talk of, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, maybe you, should, maybe you should hit me up, you know? <laughs> okay now we have a real question uh matthew lazzo lazzo at this stage in your playing do you think you still need berkeley or do you think you're ready to start your career oh i 
Berkeley. I need Berkeley as much as possible. <laughs> There's so much I'm still like learning and I don't think I, I don't feel like I can, I'm in the position to say like, I'm, I'm good. I can like go out into the world because like, like I was saying earlier, there's so many people that I, I watch that are just like so incredibly like more technical than I am that I want to get to that point. I feel like, I feel like playing guitar, there's always going to be like a, a next thing that you can be learning. But um, mm -hmm. especially like, I mean, I was in, I was in my guitar lesson like two days ago and um, you know, we were just doing different like major scales up the neck and I was tripping up on it and I was like, come on, like, this is like, should be the easiest thing ever, but it's like the best thing because then it's like the things I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be a better guitarist if I only play the things that I'm good at. So, mm -hmm. um, no, I think I, I need to, I need to milk Berkeley for as much as like I can at the moment. Um, here, my girlfriend has a question now, actually. She texted me. I don't know why she didn't just put it in the chat. She said, <laughs> what's the music scene like in England? Oh, she's a huge Beatles fan, so I'm assuming this is why she's asking. What's the music scene like in England versus the United States? See, I haven't really gone to many concerts over here. Like, the only, like, uh, neither have I been to, like, any jams. Mm -hmm. um, like, in Boston, like, I went to a Rex Orange County gig, like, um, in February, but that was it. Um um, and like where I live, there's not really a music scene either because it's in in um, in England. So I mean, there's there's a really good music scene in uh, Leeds, which is like the closest city to where I live. Uh, kind of like indie indie music, quite a lot of like heavier stuff as well. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I've it's weird. It's really odd because I, I've never been like a big like concert goer, which mm -hmm. is kind of strange for like a musician. Like I feel like I need to do more of that. However, like you know, can't at the moment. Yeah, this is a. I mean, yeah. if you're not a big concert person, I guess this is a this is a good time for that. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. But yeah, that's a. Yeah, I've never I never really found myself like going to you know find new music, which is I guess one thing I need to work on. You know. Mm -hmm. How do you? What's the scene in in Boston like? Because I know you know New York. I really I really dig the music scene. You know, minus the problems I have with like I said musician culture, but I do really like the scene there. How's it in in, in Boston? I believe it's I believe it's very good. Um, I know there's a couple jazz clubs and stuff, but I've never been down there because um, I would die in a jazz jam. <laughs> um, They're harsh. They're really harsh. Oh, uh, that's why I'm not even going to attempt until I can play all of the real book without the book. And just... <laughs> <laughs> That'll cost you $30 for the book and then a lot of money that you won't make back because you just spent all, all your time memorizing the real book. Oh, uh, I know. I'd... I just, I, I think I'm too far gone now. I'm like, I'm not even going to attempt, you know? I spent my whole life playing jazz up until college. And then that was kind of when I started getting out of it. But there was a time where, you know, you could say to me like, what's this tune? And I could name most of them. And now it's at the point where it's like, if it's not something, if it's not like a top 10 hit right now, I have a little bit of problem, problem saying it. <laughs> Do you listen to like, because I know you said you have a lot of contemporary inspiration. Do you listen to modern music that might not be your style? Like, do you ever go through like any of the playlists that have all the modern hits and, and check that kind of stuff out? Sometimes, like, um, obviously, like I know most of the TikTok songs because who doesn't <laughs> like just expose myself there for using TikTok? But you know, <laughs> oh well. Um, no, I'm just I'm pulling up my Spotify now. Um, <laughs> no, because mainly at the moment, like I'm 
I'm I'm really getting down into like the like beats and stuff because that's what where I really wanted to take my music. Um, so you know, look, listen to like all this lo-fi stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I think I do need to like look at more, um, more new stuff because you know that's what people are liking. So I guess that's uh, that's where the business is going, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially now that you know you have to be able to make your own music and because you can sing. Um, I can't, uh, so there's only a, <laughs> well, I think you're a fantastic singer. I am not by any means. So like you just released a song. Actually, I think I was doing a little research and you released a song a month ago today, September 3rd. Is that correct? Oh gosh. Yeah, it is. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Did you produce that song? Yeah. I produce all my right. Produce all my music. Cause I don't want to pay anyone else. So. <laughs> yeah. Would you rather people know you as a, a guitarist or a, a producer? To be honest, like, like a few like months ago, maybe a year ago, I'd have said, I want people to know me as a guitarist, mm-hmm. but like now I just, I want to be known for like the music I write, not like my Instagram videos. So, um, yeah, I actually think I would want to be known as producer, but for that, I need to produce more songs. So I can't call myself a producer yet because I don't feel like I've earned that title, you know? I've always wanted to call myself a producer, but every time I produce a song, getting people to sing it, since, like I said, I can't, is always a, a, a difficult process. And I'm always, I can produce something that sounds like, eh, you know, good enough. Then it comes to the part where I'm like, oh, wait, now I have to actually write the song part of this, <laughs> yeah. which is the most important part. What, what, what is your order of operations when you're making a song? Do you start with the song or do you start with producing? Uh, start with producing actually um i find it incredibly hard to like sit down and write with a guitar in my hands like mm-hmm. uh ever since like even when i started playing guitar like i was really into like ed sheeran of course because i was yeah. a teenage boy with a guitar um <laughs> you know like i was really into that and i tried to sit down and write songs but they were just really boring and like i just couldn't do it for some reason that i had a mental block like about writing a song with a guitar so then uh, it was more recently when I started releasing songs that I started like with a beat, like I would start maybe with a chord progression, then like add the drums. And that was, I think mainly like the Tom Mish inspiration. And then I'd have like an eight bar beat, which I'll be like, okay, how do I make this two minutes 30? And how do I, you know, just spitball some lyrics over the top and try and make a song. Um, Is yeah, that your guideline? Two and a half minutes for yeah, everything? Two and a half minutes, because I feel like I, if I make anything over that, it gets boring because I don't know how to make it more interesting at the mm-hmm. moment. So that that's my like pretty chaotic way of writing a song. Yeah. I, I've, I always start with the producing. Um, and then it always gets to a point where I either it's, it's strange. I don't know about you either. I produce something and then I immediately go, Oh, I have an idea for this or I produce something. And it's like the idea of having it be anything except that beat is like really daunting to me to the point where I'm like, how do I write something on top of this? Oh, that's yeah, a exactly. problem that I always run into. Um, so let me see. So, <laughs> what's that? I'm getting something on my YouTube. It's scaring me. I'm monitoring as I'm talking to you. I'm monitoring the YouTube stream to make sure that I don't go offline because that was an issue the last time. Oh, no. um, <laughs> it's it's a, YouTube's a pain in the butt because I have to make sure that it's getting a clean signal and then it's also running it back to me and I'm trying not to overload my internet as we're going, but I think we're, we're good still. Um, so you said the music scene in Boston's good and that you don't really tend to go to the jazz clubs. What are the type, what's the type of music you can play in clubs 
where are the spots in, in, in Boston that you would go if you wanted to play something that wasn't jazz? See, I feel like you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you said like, you're not the big, the biggest live guy. Yeah, I to be honest, like I, I'm not actually really sure because mm-hmm. um, in my first two semesters when I was in the dorms, um, I, I never actually went out to like any like jams outside of Berkeley. I know some there was like an open mic night at the the Bebop, which is this like little cafe like kind of opposite my apartment, mm-hmm. um, and. But yeah, because there's there's also a thing with like because I'm a, on a student visa, I can't technically work, so I can't gig. Mm-hmm. So that like kind of put me off. So um, that's one thing I want to do is like when you know hopefully there's no virus going around, <laughs> I want to start exploring more because um, you know that's something I haven't done and I really wish I did do when I had the chance. Yeah, uh, so that's kind of a, a bit of a regret for me in the first two uh, two semesters. I got myself bogged down with uh, other things that weren't music, mm-hmm. and trying to you know play guitar as much as possible. It's it, it's important though to have those non musical kind of things going on because especially for writing music, it's good to because I don't I don't think people who write music in a box really it's not the best music, just in my opinion. And I, I know I'm very open to a lot of types of music, but I think you kind of have to have those non-musical experiences to write really good music. You know, I don't think music feeds music as well as just natural experiences do. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I feel like just the, the fact about going to America and just getting life experience is just like the, the fuel for songwriting, you know, it's, did you always want to come here? Um, it was it was um maybe about like two years two years ago like 2018 it was when i went to like the guitar session summer course at berkeley mm-hmm. but it was like a week-long week-long course i didn't really know what i wanted to do i thought i wanted to like go to university in england maybe do like a performance degree or something mm-hmm. but then I, I was like at berkeley and then i started doing more research and i was like actually like this this could be this could be really cool if i ended up here like Mm -hmm. america like different countries just like start again you know was that Um, the five-week course at berkeley no it was just a one week just one one week week thing yeah so it was like you know kind of flash in the pan but Mm -hmm. it was um it was enough to like make me think all right this is what i want to do so then berkeley was the only school i actually applied to Mm -hmm. um like didn't apply well i applied to one place in england but i knew i wasn't going to go there because i didn't want to go um because i knew that berkeley was my only like my only place and i thought if i didn't get in then you know i'll just try again mm-hmm. i don't want to like waste my money somewhere else but um luckily you know got in and you know here we are today but it was it was very it all kind of changed very quickly and my school didn't want me to do it they didn't want me to do music for some reason mm. um yeah That's it was strange very, very old-fashioned the way that like gotcha. i think um at least my school worked they were like oh you know you want to do you know you want to do music but have you ever thought of doing like a design degree and i was like no i want to do music because that's what i like how is your family about that kind of stuff are they supportive with the whole oh, music so thing? supportive yeah i couldn't be like more thankful for my like for my family because they've just been the best with supporting me with like you know getting me into guitar in the first place yeah uh you know like um putting up with all the noise in the house when i'm home so <laughs> yeah they've they've been like nothing but 100 percent supportive of me so like i i really owe it to them <laughs> Yeah. So I wanted to ask about, we were, you know, we were talking about Instagram earlier and I feel like the, a big question that people always ask, you know, to people like you is how do you come up with the stuff you do? But the thing I'm really curious about is 
not how you come up with it, but how do you keep yourself consistent? Is it like, a, is it a scheduled thing or is it just, you kind of have inspiration coming? So there's no real worry about it being consistent. Yeah. That's, that's one big, one big thing I actually have an issue with is trying to stay consistent. Um, mm -hmm. Because like back, back when I was just posting John Mayer, it felt like I had like an infinite catalog of things I could post. Yeah. But then when, when I start to like try and become original, it's the, that's, that's the main kind of thing holding me back now is like, I am, I'm responsible for my own content now. It's not mm -hmm. like I'm, I can just do covers left, right and center. So um, I try to do it as scheduled as possible. Like I try to do um, a video a week, but if that doesn't happen, then it doesn't. I don't want to like force anything out because yeah. if you just try and force videos, they're the ones that don't perform as well. So it's like, you know, I've got to, I just got, to, I've got to try keep motivated, but most of the things at the moment, I'll, I'll make a beat if, if I'm feeling, uh, you know, creative one day. Mm -hmm. And I've just got like a folder on my computer of like beats some are really bad some are okay there's a few that are good but you know they're in very short supply and then i'll just like film a video of myself playing guitar over that and then i mean some some of these actually turn into songs as well um there was one um one song which it came off a live stream actually i was making like a beat on an instagram live stream mm -hmm. and one of my berkeley friends um well his, his stage name's aristotle jones he just commented and was like yo send me this i'll rap over it we'll make a song and i was like sick let's do it so then i sent him the i sent him the files and then like a month later we've got a song and that was the uh, last train home which i released uh it's about two months ago now maybe two mm -hmm. or three but yeah that was the first time i've really collaborated with someone as well so it's just kind of you just have these like peaks of inspiration but um you know sometimes i've got to take a break from instagram as well because mm -hmm. it can just become all too much like uh i took about like a two-week break uh before i did my last post and that was um it felt good just to like you know, recenter yourself and just be like, okay, breathe. I have a life outside of my phone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you ever find that it's like a, a lack of inspiration or is it more just stress? I think it's a, it's a mix of everything. I mean, mm -hmm. the whole, the whole fact of me, like moving into like a, an apartment on the other side of the world by myself. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I would have had my parents come across, but like they, they couldn't come cause I had the visa. So, um, so yeah, like moving across, like I had two suitcases and that was it and a guitar. And I was like, okay, just got to try and make this work for me. But so that wow. made, that, that was pretty stressful, like, you know, getting set up, but I feel like it's like in a sense of normality now I've got like in classes and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, I've got a schedule and yeah, just trying to keep everything afloat at once. is just the difficult part. How, how busy is your schedule for school this, this semester? It's not too bad. I'm, I'm, I declared as a performance major. Mm -hmm. um congratulations thank you um it is pretty stressful with like um i'm playing the most amount of guitar than i ever have at berkeley mm -hmm. so you know instead of one guitar lesson a week i've got two and i'm doing like two guitar labs and like an ensemble wow which online ensembles are just recording but it's not as fun as like in person but what um, are you using soundtrap no no we we're, we're just like um exchanging like stems and we're just like recording songs mm. so um you know, that's, that, that's interesting, but you know, I just find myself on an evening. It's like, I can't just chill and watch Netflix. It's always like, oh, mm -hmm. damn, I've got to do a transcription for tomorrow. <laughs> I, I totally know that feeling. The thing <laughs> I was talking about this with, with Augie in the last stream was like, I almost feel like, cause I love, I love school and you know, it's incredibly important, but sometimes it gets in the way of what, doing what I really want to do. And it's almost like, it's not like I'm working. It's not like I start at zero every day 
and then I build up to the stuff I want to do, I feel like the stuff I want to do is at zero and I'm like starting a, a deficit and have to get all this school out of the way. It's like, oh, today I want to do this, but oh crap, I have to do all this other stuff, you know? Yeah, I'm going to do all this ear training, all this harmony, and then maybe I'll have a shred of energy left to actually do some <laughs> original stuff. Well, you know, the, the nice thing is uh, about the online classes, as flawed as they are, besides, you know, besides, well, that's, that's not, that's even, that's bullshit. To be fair, the non-performance classes, I think are, they work really well on, on Zoom. I don't really oh, have yeah, any problems yeah. with them. The only problems I really have are with the ensembles, just because it ends up becoming more like a recording session, which is nothing wrong with that. But of course, you know, it's not the same as being in the same room. But the nice thing about having those online classes is that it does leave a little extra time, you know, because you can be in a class and then right as you're done, you can just switch over to your, you know, your DAW and start working on music, which I do really like about that. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. What's, what software do you use to music, make your music? I use Logic. Like, mm -hmm. use Logic since I, since I first got a Mac, um, like in 2017. And that's when, because 2017 was really when I started making music. Mm -hmm. And, um, I tried, um, I did do a Pro Tools class like in my first semester here, but like absolutely hated it. I just <laughs> don't understand it whatsoever. Like I got a good grade in the class, but still don't know how to use it. My roommate's um, trying to teach himself how to use Pro Tools right now. And every time I go into his room and he's like working on something and I ask him a question, I'm like, why is it like that? Why does it work like this? It's just so confusing. I feel like I'm just so deep into logic now. I just can't get out. Well, logic's so. an incredible program. Oh yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, I just find it funny when people argue about like DAWs and just like, you know, you do you. If you make good sounding music at the end of the day, no one's going to care what you used. Yeah. I mean, um, do you know Joji, the singer? Yeah. 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 He, as of a year ago, he was on a show called The Cave with Kenny Beats. And he said that all of his music that he produces, which I think he might pr produce all of his songs. I'm not totally sure. But up till I think that must have been his first album, produced entirely in GarageBand. I mean, obviously they're you know they're mixed in in probably Pro Tools. Yeah. But produced in GarageBand, you know, free software. So it really goes to show you that you can do anything. You know. That was the weird thing about. I was actually like looking at um, Joji today, like listening to some songs. I didn't realize until today that Joji was Filthy Frank. No Wait, are you idea. serious? Yeah. Oh my lord. Yeah, I had no idea. Like I was like, what? Where does this come from? <laughs> See, I, I've, he used to have a channel pre Filthy Frank called Joji Vlogs. Um, so when he was doing the Filthy Frank thing, I, you know, I kept up with that and I'd see like people would call him Joji and they, they would, there's like this running joke of people saying like, is that Joji Vlogs? So that's really the reason that I knew right off the bat because I kind of always had heard people refer to him as that. But it is kind of amazing, isn't it? That That's someone... quite a career change, isn't it? Like, It's probably the most incredible career change of all time. But it's, <laughs> that not, you... like, it's not like he like failed at something, so then changed. But he was doing really well. He just did amazingly at both things. So He was, in, he was doing... He was against all odds for the type of stuff he made on YouTube, which is some of the most like vulgar stuff you oh, can yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely shockingly vulgar which of course is the point it's a it's a satire on on internet culture but he transitions from this crazy thing 
And then right at the peak, he's getting all these views against YouTube trying to cancel him, like trying to basically shut his page down all the time. He goes, I'm going to be a musician. And then within like eight months, has uh, he released uh, Slow Dancing in the Dark, which at this point, is it like four, five hundred million streams on Spotify? That's, That's absolutely crazy. incredible. And it's not like he went from like the... You know, I feel like the classic like comedy YouTuber into music, it goes into like comedy music, mm-hmm. you know, which is, which is fine. I mean, like, you know, uh, like tiny meat gang, like Cody Ko and Noel Miller, yeah. like their, their stuff is hilarious. And I, I like love their stuff, but then for someone to go like into serious music as well and like do it like so well, it's incredible. I, and he makes off. like the, he makes like the opposite of comedy music. Cause most of it's, oh, yeah. you know, pretty sad, which I guess makes sense. Cause usually the people like, stand-up comedians always write like the darkest non-comedy stuff so i guess you know it kind of makes sense for someone who's known for you know who makes like ridiculous stuff to come out and do something completely you know the opposite like oh, exactly. um, uh uh jordan peele wrote get yeah. out you know that's a really dark movie and um coming from someone who you know key and peele's some of the most hilarious stuff oh that, yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's it was like key and peele was on a regular basis in basically every sketch snl at its best yeah oh, you know yeah. um <laughs> but yeah no i always i always every time i think of joji i, I forget now now I, I tend to forget i go you know i start to think of him as only joji i kind of forget about the whole filthy frank thing but when i think about it i'm like man you know there's things that's like there are some people who could say one tenth of a percent of the stuff that like he would say in his videos or do in his videos and they would be done forever oh yeah yeah totally it's absolutely and you, and you gotta just commend him for that that's some, <laughs> i mean he's he's done it he's really played the system but you know he, he destroyed the system he played yeah. chess with the system <laughs> <laughs> yeah i but it, it is the thing about him going into you know writing pretty depressing music and I, I don't know if it's like a conscious thing if it's like that's just how he's feeling um do you ever think about that with your music do you ever think about like i want my music to be a certain type of way before you make it or is it just always just kind of what you know what you're experiencing at that time no yeah it's exactly just what i'm experiencing it's very like in the moment when i get like an inspiration for lyrics and stuff um mm-hmm. and it's normally like what's happened like the day before you know um how long does it usually take you to write those songs um it can depend mostly actually with my songs i'll do them in a day uh, mm-hmm. because i just like if i get an idea for a song and i feel like it's going well i'm like okay we're, yeah. we're doing we're doing this then uh, there's not a lot of times where i've spent like you know two weeks three weeks on a song do you usually uh, track it the same day that you write it yeah oh yeah yeah I mean, gotcha. like, uh, sometimes, like, I'll, I'll go to bed, then listen to it the next day and think, oh, my vocals sound atrocious. So, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> you know, record them again. But, yeah, it's very, very spur in the moment. Um, and also because I feel like I, I – my Spotify bio used to be lo-fi because I don't know how to make it hi-fi. And that's kind of, like, <laughs> the thing I do because I, I don't feel like I've not got the equipment to make it, like, high fidelity. So I might as well stop trying to do that and, yeah. you know, um embrace how i'm not gonna be amazing at producing or playing or singing so you know like just like playing into that which i I feel like is a cool way to do it no that's a a great way to do it because you know some of the coolest music out nowadays like billy eilish billy eilish records her stuff in her house 
with her brother in her like her bedroom and yeah. a lot of it technically and i'm saying this literally technically doesn't sound that great but to me and to most people it sounds fantastic because it's new and innovative and it has a cool unique style but there always is going to be that that level of of people saying like well you didn't do it this way you didn't use this uh you didn't use this compressor and you didn't have this mic so therefore it's not valid which is just an annoying continuation of that like the audio engineering community. I'm sorry. I'm, I just feel like I'm going off on all of the music-related communities that bug me, but the audio <laughs> engineering one is another one. Yeah, Maybe. we love elitism. <laughs> it's, and that's... They're really... It, creative arts in general, which is so ridiculous because it's like... It should be the other way around. Yeah. It should be the people who are the non-creative types. You know, we're, you know, musicians, they make fun stuff. Music is meant to make you feel something, which even if it feels, makes you feel something sad, it's still like an enjoyable experience, especially listening to something sad when you're sad or listening to something happy when you're happy. And it's like, why are these people, why are you being so mean? We're making fun stuff. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And I I think there's a lot, again, this is a, a small portion I'm sure of of people who make music that are actually like this, but the people who are really bug me. I feel like I'm. This is not the last time I'm going to bring this up. I'm going to keep bringing up how much it bothers me. Recurring segment. I exactly. Like Every stream I'm going to bring this up because I I think I brought brought it up with Augie too. <laughs> um, I talked with him too about when we were talking about Instagram because he has he's had some issues with Instagram kind of not uh, lately this is you know a a recent thing not showing his stuff to people at the scale that it was before even though he has more followers have you run into any experiences with instagram being a little shady with their their algorithm yeah oh totally like um recently as well i've seen like my views drop quite significantly Mm -hmm. um which is like i guess you just gotta like not look at the views i i tend to like not look at my analytics anymore because mm-hmm. i see like i'm losing followers more than i'm gaining them and it's like you know it's it is what it is at the end of the day mm-hmm. but um yeah it it has been interesting because then sometimes um you know some of my friends uh you know i'll say oh have you seen my most recent video and they'll be like oh no like i haven't seen that it's like my my instagram isn't even showing it to my actual friends yeah that's you the know. exact that's exactly what augie was talking about and it's, it's really just... weird how it's it's not showing it to the people that actually follow you to watch your content. That's really mm-hmm. weird to me. So I guess that's another reason why I'm like, you know, doing the whole original music as well, because, you know, I, I woke up, woke up one day, you know, a few months ago and I was like, if Instagram shut down, I think it was when the whole like thing about the TikTok shutting oh, down. Oh, yeah. Thing. When that started, that could still happen. TikTok yeah. could be out sometime. I mean, I know like, I, I'm not I'm not big on TikTok at all. Like, got a couple hundred followers, but um, like, I was like, well, what if one day they said, okay, Instagram shutting down? I'll, I would be nothing. So yeah, <laughs> I've got to like uh, diversify spread. your portfolio. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, well, you know, talking about the analytics on Instagram, when what is the most meaningful thing to you when you post a video in terms of what what do you see? in those analytics that makes you go like, ah, I like, I like doing this. This means a lot to me. This shows that people are really liking this. What is, what is that to you? It's mainly actually, um, well, they always say it's like in the first hour, you'll know if your video has done well or not, because mm-hmm. it's like how many comments or I don't, I don't even know. No one knows how it works, 
but it's just when when you post a video and i i can always like sometimes feel it if i've made like a, a good video and i'm like yeah i'm really proud of this um and then you get like you know you start off with like my friends commenting and that's really nice because they're the people that supported like me from the beginning mm-hmm. but then when it's like you start getting like floods of comments from like you know people you don't know saying how like they're like really inspired by me and stuff and then the more co- i mean i guess it is comments which really like drive my creativity because it's you know a like is a like but a comment is like actually what someone said yeah so that that's that's really meaningful because you know they took time out of their day like to to actually write something to me which is incredible even if it's you know a hate comment you know they took time (laughs) out of their day to do that so they always care it did something to them that made them think i gotta say something exactly um I'm just I'm, I'm just thinking about people being I'm trying to keep myself from going on another rant about people being annoying. Um, <laughs> would you ever find now that you know you're you know you're Instagram famous? Do you find that? Hey, hey, hold your horses. <laughs> well, hey, well, hey, you're you know you're at a at a level that 95 percent of people don't get to as a musician. You know what I mean? So that's that's not you know nothing to scoff at. And it's enough, especially I mean any form of 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 clout is something that is noticeable especially for musicians because it's hard for musicians to to find that do you find that people kind of kiss your ass now at school with that now and say like hey you know hank do you want to you want to be friends you want to you want to go out you know (laughs) now that that's um that's something interesting mainly it was like in first semester um you know when you're meeting everyone it's like orientation um there was a lot of people that would like, they were coming from like, oh, I've seen you from Instagram. You're like, oh, that's like awesome. And they're like, yeah, let's, let's like hang out and maybe let's like make a video together. You can put it mm-hmm. on your Instagram. And it's like, okay, that's why you want to be friends with me. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. But no, I think uh, it's mainly, I just tend to stay away from clout chases. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, you mean, find the people that you really like and then like you want to collaborate with. But there's a, there, to an extent, there's, a, there's quite a few people that just, that are like oh yeah we should we should jam but like definitely put put me on your instagram and <laughs> like, no. how do you how do you sort those people out i think you can tell like within the first like few seconds because if it's like if someone instantly goes to the whole kind of like they don't if you can tell if they don't respect you as like as a human yeah first they they go to your like socials first they don't get to know you they're like oh yeah what's your instagram and they don't gotcha. and then, soon as they see how many followers they're like oh actually like can i can we talk <laughs> you want to be in a band yeah that that's the worst but you know you can't you can't just like shut people out because they just want to play with you i mean like, yeah i just sound like such an awful person but you know it's, i guess <laughs> but you know there's there's always those with every negative aspect about it there's there's always you know the the people who you know acknowledge that you have something cool going but also want to you know, want to be a part of it, but, you know, aren't necessarily just trying to kiss your ass, you know, and they, like, do you get, what about, like, getting good, you, 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 do you get jobs well now because of Instagram? Um, not really, like, jobs, I've, 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 uh, getting into kind of doing session work now, I've never really done it, because I've never been confident enough in myself for doing, um, other people's, like, work, because mm-hmm. I always feel like I've never been good enough to actually, like, give someone a product and be like, yes, this is me, because I'm always like, ah, it's not good enough. But, um, yeah, so that, like, in terms of, like, artists, like, coming to me and wanting guitar, that started to, like, um, you know, pick itself up. I can't say anything at the moment, but it's cool. 
um <laughs> uh but yeah like also mainly it's for like endorsements and stuff for like gear um you know the instagram's quite a big like playing card in that factor like i i get when i do live streams a lot of people like saying how do you get endorsements and it's like the only way now to get endorsements is either if you're on a tour or you have a social media following because mm-hmm. what companies look for is that they want their stuff to be shown if you're yeah you can be the best guitarist in the world you could like know everything but if like you've got 50 followers the companies don't see anything with that yeah. if you've got like an established following and you know you you can reach you know even if it's like 50,000 people if you get like 50,000 views on a video like that that's money to them so mm-hmm. and you know getting a guitar out of it is just you know the icing on the cake but um are all the people that you endorse are those companies that you used to uh before the sponsorship or did you just kind of get to know them and really like them because they they came after you yeah quite a few of them it's quite a few of them's like mutual as well like one of my um uh my most recent one the guild guitars are like amazing amazing guys over there um i i used to have a guild acoustic it was like my first acoustic guitar and you know, it was over quarantine. I was kind of bored, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what? Like, uh, I should send Guild a message. I was like, you know, see, like, you know, if they're interested, send them a message. And um, you know, I heard back from them like a day later, and the, and the guy said, yeah, like, let's work. Like, love your like music and your Instagram. I uh, love the story because I told him about like the, how I got the guitar and stuff. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, we we should definitely work. And I feel like that's a real. Um, kind of natural way of doing it it's kind of like i appreciate their stuff and then they can we can mutually benefit from each other you know and um but then again like my string endorsement ernie ball like i've used ernie ball for my whole life so like being associated with them is great because i feel like it's you know repaid itself mm-hmm. but um yeah with all these with all these things you know you've got you've got to be picky because you don't want to be promoting something that you that you don't use because then it's just the worst because you got to look, you got to look past like free gear. And you <laughs> think, okay, what do I actually want to try and sell to people, even though I'm not actually getting any money from it? So, <laughs> would you consider doing a sponsorship for somebody you never heard of if they came to you and said, "We have this crazy product and it held up as much as they said it did"? I, th- I think I would, if depending on you know, it's very like dependent. But like, I I, I got this email the other day. I won't name drop the company, but um. You know, they were like, "Oh, are we." You know, they sent like three emails, and I was like, "Okay, like, just leave me alone." But um, <laughs> there were these like Bluetooth headphones, and that you know, they're you know like pretty reasonably priced. But they're like, "Yeah, we, we would love you to like do you know like two normal posts, a few story posts, like a live video with them." I'm like, I I don't think I feel comfortable just like just getting some earphones, like nothing else to promote these to everyone i feel like it's like an injustice to my followers that like is that like is that selling out like i don't want to sell out as much no, as that's, possible that's a good trait to have because i you know you see people sometimes get you know clout especially on on social media and just they start endorsing these companies and you're like do you really use this because you know i see i mean i've heard stories of people that you know they go on in i'm talking big artists and they get these sponsorships for stuff that they never use in their real life you know oh yeah i think you got to be really careful because like your audience is where is is where they got you to where you are and you don't want to just be like oh buy this buy that because i would feel Mm -hmm. guilty if i'm you know spending these you know people's monies like 
no it doesn't feel ethical to me so. and, and it's also the, the matter of even if there's you you put no like moral thing to it it's a bad it's bad business practice to dis like you said they're the people who got you there it's bad to say oh this company's going to give me this money in the long term that's going to end up hurting you even just purely financially because people are going to be like i like this guy but man he's he, he's sponsoring all these people that they suck. They're awful at what yeah. they do. And he doesn't really, you know, and, and it ends up, even if, like like I said, not having any morality to it, it ends up hurting you financially, even if there's like this upfront payment that, you know, looks really nice. Yeah, I think like the main thing I'm just trying to do is like stay true to myself. I don't want to like get too involved like in the whole Instagram thing. And I don't want to get too involved in anything just because I just want to stay myself and I don't want to, that's why I'm not, I'm trying not to um, do like videos for what I think will do well on Instagram. Cause I know mm -hmm. I could get, I know for a fact I could get a lot of views if tonight, if I posted a video of myself playing slow dancing in a burning room by John Mayer, I would get <laughs> loads of views. And I know that, but I'm not going to do it because I've posted it three times already and it's like an overplayed song. And I know that could help grow my account, but it's like growing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, what cost? Yeah. Oh, is exactly. It all, are the videos that always do well for you the ones that does? Is there ever a time where you go, "This is gonna do really well," and it does, it it and it exceeds or it matches that expectation, or is it more of is it just kind of like a crapshoot? And sometimes they do well, and sometimes they don't. You know what? It, it's so it's so strange that I've tried like looking for trends in 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 it and like tried looking for what does well and what doesn't but like sometimes mostly it's actually playing with a band like you know just like a, a an off take solo like one of my most view my most viewed video i think it's over like 350k views on instagram now um was just we were uh, it was me and um this band called the apartment project who like incredible like covers on youtube and stuff and we were doing a john mayer with of course it's john mayer then moving on getting over and it was just like, I set my phone up on a music stand on the other side of the room, pointed it towards me when I did the solo. And it was kind of like a bit of a rough solo, but I uploaded it. And then it was just like in the first hour, it got like 17,000 views. And I was like, whoa, I normally get about 4,000 in the first hour. Like what's going on? How here? many followers did you have at the time? Oh, so that was quite recently. So I maybe had 40 odd, maybe like 45. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was... Um, that was that was pretty interesting and then mostly and then i started doing more like collaborations with like bands and and like with other people and those seem to do well but then sometimes just post by myself would do well um but the weirdest thing i i found something out is that some most of the time the more effort you put into making a video the worse it'll, the worse it'll do <laughs> i've i have noticed that with stuff that i've done where it's like i feel like stuff I put all this time into and I'm like, ah, oh, this is going to do really good. And then I make something that, you know, obviously I don't want to post anything that's not good, but sometimes you make things that you like that don't take a lot of effort. And those are always the ones, the spontaneous ones that people grasp onto the easiest. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I feel there's, there's a lot with me, at least I overthink a lot of things <laughs> and just the, the huge overthinking is a big barrier for me because then it's like, oh, maybe people will like this. They won't like this. But at the end of the day, like if it's one Instagram post that doesn't do well, it's not the end of the world. Like, yeah, there's still a whole collection of ones that, you know, did do well. And there's a bunch in the future that will that kind of outweigh just, you know, one of them not doing well.
Oh yeah, and true. There's always the delete button if like the worst comes <laughs> the worst. So. Do you ever do you ever delete videos? I I've deleted a few in the past. There was one recently I did because I looked at it and I always want to be no matter if it's like good or bad. I always want to be proud of what I did. And I think it was just so rushed because I I went through a break um, over the summer mm-hmm. uh, for posting for a bit just like, you know, kind of emotional reasons, like, you know, it was locked down, you know, other, yeah. other like factors at play as well. And, you know, I just posted this awful video, like, of, I don't know, I can't even remember what it was now, but I looked back at it like 10 minutes later and I was like, this just isn't good. <laughs> and I thought like, I don't want this to be like the thing. If someone just looks at my account now, they're going to see that. Mm-hmm. you know just out of tune and i was like no it was rushed out so i i want i have like a level of kind of like you know i want to be proud of it before i post absolutely and it's, it's weird how sometimes you can make something and spend hours on it and it looks really great to you and then the second it goes public it's like part of your brain just goes wait a minute what the hell did i just do is, is that something you experience when you make things oh totally i i it, it's so it's so weird like um especially with my vocals because i'm i really don't like the sound of my own voice so i find it really hard to mix my voice Mm -hmm. but i can i feel like when you've listened to it and you keep on listening to it over and over again you get used to it and you then don't listen to your mistakes and then as soon as you post it it like resets in your mind (laughs) and then you hear all the mistakes so that's the worst part it's weird that it can that the brain works like that i wish i knew some (laughs) psychological reason that i could pinpoint but it's just strange how you, how your brain when you're when it knows even if you say this is done when you know that no one else is going to hear it your brain just treats it completely differently and almost immediately as soon as you know that oh crap this is not just me anymore you get that that objectivity comes back oh yeah totally there's uh i think and you know we're all our own biggest critics as well so it's like <laughs> I feel, I feel like for me at least as well, like I, I am, I'm my biggest hater as well. So I've got to, I've got to really look, I mean, look through myself with that critical eye because I can't let like the, the really bad things slip through. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, and that's how the, you know, the really, the, the people who have the best longevity in, in the public eye are the people who think like that, who really hate on what they do. You know, there's a lot of, I, I I hear a lot of people talking about you know you got to be positive towards you do and of course you have to stay positive in the in the long term but that it's an important factor. Just I'm not saying for me you know I haven't done anything. I'm not trying to say I'm you know the 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 model. I'm just saying from people that I respect, they always have that opinion of I have to be the person who hates it before the person who hates it has a chance to hate it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Totally. And those are the, the, like the best instructors that I've had in college are the people who didn't say, you know, yeah, it's got to be good about it. You got to feel good about it. And it's got to be great. And you got you to gotta love everything you do. The best instructors, the people that I found are the happiest uh, because they're being honest. They're not lying to themselves. The most fulfilled and the most successful genuinely are the people who are going ah, this sucks. This sucks. I suck at everything. And it kind of pushes them to make something better. And then, you know, from that, they make something better after that. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely it. Because you've got to, you can't look at the world through like, uh, you know, rose colored glasses and think everything's (laughs) amazing. I mean, sometimes you've got to, sometimes, you know, that's, that's what you got to do. But I think my outlook is it is like, I can always improve. So like what, like what's the process to improvement for me? 
Absolutely. And then next thing you know, you might be at a million followers on Instagram and it's just like that, that perpetual growth that you got to keep doing, you know? I can't even think about that kind of number. Like I was actually, I was sat in bed the other day. It was like nighttime. And I was like looking at my Insta. I was like 60, like, oh my God, 63 or something. I was like 63,000 followers. Like how much, how, how many people is that? If you think about it, like as a physical amount of people, it's crazy. I was thinking like, that's like, you know, like a football stadium's worth of people. I was like, that is honestly like kind of crazy. Like, to visualize even like a thousand people is a lot of yeah. people um but yeah but that, that's and it's quite a weird like amount of responsibility that you then put on yourself but um do you, do you ever feel like that because you know like you said like i said earlier you know that you're your instagram famous which you know in my perspective you are you know you you know of course you you're being modest about it you're a nice guy but do you ever feel that that responsibility of thinking like, man, people think about what I do. Maybe I have to, I can't just be totally myself or I have to kind of change what I do because I don't want to negatively impact someone's opinions or not just of me, but of things in general. Do you feel that, that weight? Yeah. Yeah. To an extent. And I think it's kind of a blessing that I don't, I'm not like a a lifestyle, like influencer, you know, like that I don't, I feel like I don't, I don't communicate through words on Instagram. So that's fine. I can't really say anything <laughs> like bad. Um, so it, it's kind of a blessing that it's just music so that I don't, I, I try not to get into like politics at all on Instagram mm-hmm. as well, because, you know, I feel like with, with music, it's about bringing people together, not just trying to trigger everyone. So yeah, I feel like I'm in quite a safe, safe space where I can just post where I used to post John Mayer covers and uh, the world was happy. <laughs> so, you know, to, to an extent, I, I, I do feel that responsibility, but like, I feel like I've got the platform if I need it, if I really need to like speak about things. Mm-hmm. Like I did post a, a video maybe a month ago, two months ago about like mental health. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's really quite close to my heart is like, you know, uh, really taking care of yourself is just bigger than anything. I really do think. It's incredibly um, important. Um, I never really, never really like came into my, you know, sphere of influence until recently, mm-hmm. but, um, it, it's one of those things. It's like, you've really got to, at the end of the day, like you've got to care about yourself more than, more than others, like, because you've <laughs> only got one you, um, and it's so important to have, you know, a loving family and if not like amazing friends as well, and you can't just pigeonhole yourself away. Um, but yeah, so like speaking up about that is really I felt like was the right thing to do in my case. Yeah. Well, incredible respect. That's, you know, a very important topic, especially for create, you know, and have an audience of people who like music, you know, they're going to be most likely creative people and creative people tend to have a lot of issues with that kind of stuff, you know, having that. I, I've just found the stress of not, I'm not saying I'm a creative person. I'm just saying the things I tend to do are in the sphere <laughs> of, I'm trying very hard to be modest because I feel like, if I say, oh, I'm a creative person, it makes me seem like I think highly of myself. But, <laughs> you know, there's, there is that, that stress that happens when you, you are constantly being judged by yourself, which I said like before is important, and you're being judged by others. And as, as much as that's just a natural part of life, it can get you down. So it's important to really focus on your mental health to keep your creative creativity, you know, non-toxic. 
Oh, totally. Yeah. You can't just put yourself down a rabbit hole and, you know, just suppress everything. I think you've got to like stay aware of yourself as Absolutely. well as your career and everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, George, I've been skating on ice in terms of not completely shutting off and stop and to stop talking and running out of things to say. And you just put us on a great topic of taking care of yourself. So I think we're going to leave it on that note before I totally embarrass myself. So George, thank you so much thank for you being for here. Me. I appreciate it more than you could ever know. You are the absolute best. Let's keep in contact. I wish the best for you. I hope Instagram doesn't try to screw over your content too much. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly hope. Well, thank you very much. Thank you to everybody who watched, everyone who commented. There'll be a replay up with this, and I'll have clips of it coming up soon. So thank you all very much, and we're out. Wow. Oh, my God.